0: In addition to addressing money objections, you can also use this time to talk about any other concerns they might be having. Maybe they're afraid that they won't have enough time to commit to the course or that their family and friends won't support them. So by relating to what they're going through, you create rapport and rapport creates trust. Well, hey there friend, welcome to another episode of online marketing made easy, whether you're a digital course creator or you're thinking about creating a digital course, I want you to think about all the hard work yet rewarding work that goes into creating a digital course. It's definitely a labor of love upfront. You put your whole heart and soul into your digital course. You know it's valuable and you stand by its worth. In fact, you might even feel like the guidance you're offering your audience is invaluable. But you got to price your course, so you settle on a price that seems fair for the content and the results you know you can offer your students. So you go to sell it and you start to hear potential students share their hesitation about paying for your course, despite how badly they want to join. So these money objections, my friend, without a doubt, will come up when you sell your digital course. Now, if you've ever worked in a sales job before, then you already know that there are many different types of objections that come up with potential customers throughout the sales process. But price objections, by far, are the most common in sales, regardless of the industry you're in or the product that you're selling. Whether you're selling a $15 PDF guide or a full-on digital course with a much heftier price tag, it's almost human nature for people to question whether or not something is worth their hard-earned money, especially if they're on a budget. But here's the thing. I really do believe that if somebody wants something bad enough and they find it absolutely necessary and important, over time, they'll find a way to invest in it. Now, it might not be right when you're selling it. Maybe they have to wait a few months or even a year, but I've found that if people really want something, they're going to figure out the money part. I know this has been true for me many times in my life. I've talked about this several times on this podcast, but when I was just starting out, just left my Tony Robbins job, I got into a mastermind that was $17,000, and I did not Have $17,000. But there was this payment plan and it was a few thousand dollars a month. And I like hustled my buns to get a few clients to pay for this mastermind. Like I was not making a bunch of money beyond that. Like every dollar that I was making was going to this mastermind, but I knew that the mastermind was going to help me get to where I wanted to go. So I figured it out but I definitely had to hustle and I was freaked out the whole time, but I wanted it bad. So with that, one thing that I found over the years is that there are eight things that you can do to mitigate price objections from the start. So when you go to launch your course, it's smooth sailing when it comes to your sales. So basically this episode is about helping you with price objections when your potential students say, that's too much money. Like, what can you do in order to mitigate these objections that come up? I'm gonna help you today. Oh, and real quick, before we dive in, this podcast episode is going to be so valuable for any of my new Digital Course Academy students. It's great for everyone, but if you just joined DCA, some of you are probably going to get ready to launch soon, so it's especially important to hear these strategies. So with that, let's get started. The first thing you can do to avoid money objections is to make sure you're giving your audience enough valuable free content leading up to when you launch your digital course. So at least focusing on this four to six weeks prior to you opening your cart, which is opening enrollment. And I call this period my pre-launch runway. Now, there are a few reasons that this is helpful. For one, they'll already be familiar with you and your teaching style and your overall messaging before making the commitment to enroll in your course. So it's kind of like chatting with someone on a dating app before agreeing to go on a date with them. Second, they'll already have gotten a ton of value from you. So by the time you start promoting your course, you'll have already established a bit of trust with them. Trust is huge when it comes to purchasing decisions. So the more reasons you give them so that they know that they can trust you, the better. And finally, when your audience consumes a healthy dose of your content in your pre-launch, they build more confidence in themselves and in their skills and their ability to move through your course with ease. So when the opportunity comes to make a purchase, price isn't the first thing they think of. Instead, they think, I've been waiting for this, I want this, I'm ready for this, how am I going to make this happen? Moving on to number two, which is to give your potential buyers a risk-free trial of your course. Let them try a module or two, or let them into your course for a few days so that they can get a sneak peek of what they'll be learning and get a feel for your teaching style. Just like the free content in your pre-launch, what's great about giving them a little test drive is that it gives them the opportunity to take the tangible guidance that you share in your course and start putting it into motion. And that, my friend, leaves them feeling like, okay, I can totally do this. They'll be able to make an incredibly informed purchasing decision, which, as you can imagine, is always the best case scenario. We've done this for a few years now in Digital Course Academy. Shout out to my friend, Jenna Kutcher. This is her idea, and we took it and we ran with it. And I can't tell you how many people have said, I wasn't sure if Digital Course Academy was worth the investment, but after diving into your sneak peek of module one, I was sold. And here's the thing. If you offer up a risk-free trial, very limited time, you have to have urgency behind it, and then you find that people aren't moving forward with purchasing your course, you've gotta find out exactly why. This could present an opportunity so that you could send them a survey to find out more or ask them if they'd hop on a short call with you or with you or one of your team members and just really dive into What kept them from joining you in the program? You want everyone that purchases from you to feel like they're getting value and to be excited and motivated to move through the course. So by understanding where you might have missed the mark if they went through the sneak peek and you did not see a good response, well, getting that feedback could help you improve your course moving forward. The third thing you can do to overcome price objections with your audience is to have a very good refund policy in place. So everyone should have a refund policy, in my opinion, with your first digital course launch. As you get more experienced and more confident, you might decide you don't have a refund period. I've never done that. I've always had a refund period, but You get to decide as you get more comfortable and confident in the results you're promising. But for your first launch, your first digital course, you got to have a refund policy. Think about it. If you were on the fence about making a purchase, wouldn't it make you feel a whole lot better if you knew you could get your money back if you weren't happy with the program? I know I felt better about making some big ticket purchases because there's a refund policy in place. I've probably used it once. Of all the digital courses I've ever purchased, I think I've used one refund policy, meaning I've refunded one time. So even though I know it's there, I rarely have used it, but it has helped my buying decision. I just know I feel better knowing it's in place. And in my own business, I've offered a 14-day, a 30-day, and a 60-day refund period on different programs. Now, the longer you've been in the game, the more testimonials you've collected, and the more social proof you have, the shorter your refund period can be. Since I've had multiple Digital Course Academy launches with tons and tons of success stories under my belt, I'm at the point where I'm confident in offering a 14-day refund period. I mentioned Jenna Kutcher earlier She tells a cute story about how when she joined Digital Course Academy, she was determined to complete as much as possible within the 14 days because if she found it wasn't worth it, she could still get her money back. So she even joined my program knowing, oh my gosh, I could get my money back. And you know the rest is history. And Jenna's gone on to make millions with her digital courses and actually partner with me and telling other people about Digital Course Academy. So no, she didn't need the refund, but she knew it was there and that got her into the program, which is so wild to think about. So what's great is that there's nothing that's set in stone. You can test out your refund period. If you like how it goes, great. But if you don't, you can change it the next time you launch. So this is something that always can be updated, always can be tweaked as needed. So I want you to check out episode 317. It's called Six Steps to Craft a Money Magnet Offer. And I'm going to give you more guidance on pricing your course and crafting your money back guarantee. So amyporterfield.com forward slash 317. Now that brings us to number four, which is to offer a payment plan. Because let's face it, making 12 monthly payments of $99 makes purchasing that $1,200 course much less scary from a financial standpoint. Now, you're probably wondering my course is relatively inexpensive. Should I still offer a payment plan? And that's a great question. Considering the financial climate we're in today, I personally think it's a good idea to have a payment plan option for digital courses that are $200 or more. I offer a payment plan for all of my courses, including List Builder Society, which is $497, and with Digital Course Academy, my highest price course, which is $1997, we give the option of splitting payments up over six months. And tons of students take advantage of my payment plan. But this is the cool part: I see many of my students emailing in to see if they can pay off their payment plan early after their first launch. Honestly. That's a huge thing. I love when we get an email that says, Hey, I did my first launch. It was successful. Can I pay off my payment plan early? Which means they don't have to pay the interest, which is really cool. So I love that. Now there are lots of variables to consider when determining your payment plan terms and which will work best for your business. But just like the refund policy, it's not set in stone and you can try different options to see what your students respond to. I think my biggest piece of advice with refund policies and payment plans is just to make sure you set the expectations. So in your terms of conditions, terms and conditions, and when you talk about any of it on the webinar, make sure that you have a statement that you say that you don't flub up because people are counting on it. So like when I say, you can get started with Digital Course Academy for just $19.97, or you can get started today for 387 dollars and five additional installments to follow each 30 days apart. I say that and it rolls off my tongue because I've said it so many times, but you need to make sure you're ready to talk about it on a webinar and also make sure it's very clear in your terms and conditions, and we always run it by a lawyer. And so just to have a lawyer look at our terms and conditions, especially when they're brand new and our payment plan and our refund policy, it's just something that would make you feel a lot more confident once you put it out there. But expectations are everything. Once they know what's expected, they're good. When it gets murky, confusing, or just unknown, that's when people get frustrated. There's a reason Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US, because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com madeeasy made easy, all lowercase. So go to shopify.com madeeasy now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com madeeasy made easy. All right, moving on. The fifth thing you can do to mitigate price objections is to go live with your audience and address their concerns in real time. I call this the elephant in the room. So there's something about chatting with your audience live as opposed to on an FAQ page. It just makes a bigger impact when you're live. There's a higher perceived value. So if you're going to talk about the money, which is the elephant in the room, being live makes it even more personal to those that you are addressing. They see you, they can feel your energy, and because of that, they will have more certainty in your ability to deliver in your course. Now, when you do this and you're talking about the price of your course, be empathetic toward what they're feeling. The last thing you want to do is come off as pushy or insensitive. This is not a time to sell. It's a time to reassure. So in addition to addressing money objections, you can also use this time to talk about any other concerns they might be having. Maybe they're afraid that they won't have enough time to commit to the course or that their family and friends won't support them. So by relating to what they're going through, you create rapport and rapport creates trust. There it is again, trust. I cannot stress enough how important this is. And so when I say going live, we do these things called I'm on the fence because. So we'll do live sessions and say, usually you do this closer to the cart closing and you say, okay. If you've been with me this week and you're thinking about joining my program, but you're still on the fence, come to my live session. We're going to talk about it. And in that live session, they can write, I'm on the fence because, and tell you why they're on the fence. But before you even get started, you can say, look, I want to address some money objections that you might have. You might be feeling like the program's too expensive. You might be feeling like this is not the right time because the financial climate or whatever it might be. And then you can talk about it. You can say, okay, I want to remind you I have a a payment plan, and then talk about the payment plan. In my case, it's a little bit easier. Don't use this as a way not to move forward, but I help people make money. So I could talk about, okay, you can make up the cost of Digital Course Academy in your first launch. Many of my students do not have that opportunity to talk like that because most of my students are creating courses that have nothing to do with making money, but you can always find a way to help them get creative in terms of how they would pay for it or how they're going to justify it to make sense to them in their head and feel good. So this could all be done in full integrity. So whatever you say, make sure you stand behind it and you feel good about it. So I just want you to share that. Okay. The sixth thing that you can do to fully support your audience with their purchasing decision and overcome any objections related to price is to offer a concierge team. I'm really excited to talk about this one because we've had a concierge team since 2021. So in 2021, 2022, and now this year we did a concierge team as well. Major success for many, many reasons. So, what it involves is having dedicated people on your team or in your community who will speak on the phone or on Zoom with potential students to talk to them about their concerns. They also help them determine whether or not they're a good fit for the program in general. And that's hugely important because you want it to be a win win for everyone, right? You don't want people that aren't right for your program to get in. For you and for them. And I'll tell you, based on my own experience doing this, having that one-on-one connection with another person is invaluable when it comes to converting someone who is on the fence. In fact, our concierge team has been doing these calls, like I said, for a, a while, and they've converted at over 60%. I mean, that is insane. Now, remember that when someone gets on one of the concierge calls, they've likely been on one of my webinars. They've likely been maybe even in my boot camp if if it was part of Digital Course Academy. So most people that get on a call are not totally new to what Digital Course Academy is all about. They've been a part of my community. And so when they get on a call with a concierge team, it's to gently encourage those that are scared to take the leap and help them navigate this current situation they're in. Should I join? Should I not? And also, again, help them figure out if they're right. So- They might get on the call and they're like thinking, Amy, I really want to join, but I'm very concerned because I can't start until January. And so then we have the opportunity to say many people don't start Digital Course Academy right away. You have lifetime access. Go at your own pace. Everything's recorded if I do anything live. So we get to have those conversations and just ease their mind. And so the conversations are so valuable. I love our concierge team so much, and I would never do a big launch without them. I actually have a whole podcast episode about it, but hold on. I'll tell you about that in a second. But you might be thinking right now, Amy, I'm a one-woman show. How am I supposed to assemble a whole concierge team? And I hear you and just know that there's actually a way around that. So again, I have a podcast episode. Even if you're flying solo, you can do this. It's episode 447. So if you go to amyporterfield.com forward slash 447, You'll get the full scoop of how I did this concierge team and how you can do it as a one woman or a one man show. But it is a game changer and it does help with price objections. All right. So are you still with me? We're moving to the final stretch of this episode with the seventh thing that you can do to avoid price objections, which is to address your audience's concerns about money in your marketing efforts. Now, what's key here is that you take note of the specific language that your audience is using when it comes to their concerns about price and money. For instance, when you do your live, take note of what people are writing in the comments. You can even have a friend or someone on your team take screenshots for you. Or when you have one of your concierge calls, jot down specific phrases that your potential customers are saying. And you can then make a Google doc with a running list of this language and use that as inspiration for your marketing copy. So by tapping into their specific pain points and the words they use to describe them, the more compelling your marketing content will be, whether it's in an email or a social media post, a paid ad, or something else that you're doing. You could also use whatever data you collect about individual audience members to target your marketing towards them better. For example, one of the things that comes up a lot when I promote Digital Course Academy, a money objection is, but Amy, what are the other expenses that I'm going to need to invest in order to get my course up and running? And so two things that we do about that. We add it into our marketing copy. So I bet you're curious, what are the other expenses that are going to pop up? So let us tell you about what to expect. So we actually address it in the marketing copy, but then we put together a PDF during our launch. Anyone who asks about additional expenses, which what they're really asking is course platforms. I've got to pay for searchy or Kajabi and how do I choose between the two and which one is the best for me and what is the cost and all of that, but also email service provider. You can't launch a course without a list. So they're worried about what am I going to have to invest in an email service provider? So we have a PDF and we lay out the whole thing. And we also remind them, you don't need to purchase your course platform on day one of DCA. We got to wait till your course is created. So we also just warn them, you don't need to buy all this stuff right away, but we do share with them the tools we recommend, how much it costs and when exactly would they need to purchase these tools. We have a whole PDF. So there's no surprises when someone joins DCA, but we also choose tools that are very inexpensive. So our students on a budget could afford that. So anyway, we do address it in our marketing copy and we did create a special resource because we knew that was going to be a money objection. All right, my sweet friend, we've reached the very last thing on the list, number eight, which is to help your audience figure out ways to pay for your digital course. This is kind of unique and different. So a straightforward way to do this is to say to your audience, my program's coming up in six months. It's $2,000. Here are five ways you can make $2,000 before I open the program. And then you serve them up with practical ideas that they can implement to generate extra income to put towards enrolling in your course without pulling from their savings. These ideas could be in the form of a blog post, a podcast episode, an email, a free resource, however you wanna deliver them. And I promise you, whatever format it's in, you will get engagement because let's be real, who doesn't wanna learn how to make more money? So we did this during my pre-launch runway for Digital Course Academy and it worked like gangbusters. We made a podcast episode called Money in the Bank Six Fund Strategies for a Quick Cash Injection, which you can listen to by going to amyporterfield.com forward slash 479. And if any of the marketing making ideas in this podcast episode would make sense to your audience, then by all means, you're welcome to use them as well. Now, you might be thinking that this strategy sounds a little bit out there, but as you probably already know, you've got to meet your audience where they're at. And sometimes that requires you to get a little creative. And this was our way to get a little creative with our audience. And it worked really, really well. Okay. Holy smokes. This episode has been jam packed. You now have eight specific ways you can alleviate some of the objections that your audience will likely have when it comes to the cost of your digital course. I can tell you that I've done each and every one of these things over the course of my 14-year entrepreneurial journey, and like all things, it takes a bit of trial and error. I also want to remind you that you don't have to do everything on this list. You'll just figure out what serves you and your audience best, and you run with it. So my friend, are you going to implement any of these ideas into your sales strategy If so, you know I love to hear from you, right? So I want you to go to Instagram. I'm just at Amy Porterfield. DM me and let me know your favorite one and the one you're absolutely going to try. Also, I have a quick favor for you. Would you mind sending this episode or just sharing my podcast with three of your entrepreneurial friends? Just three of them. I've been working hard to put out valuable content to support online entrepreneurs and digital course creators. And I want to make sure that these episodes get into the right hands. So if you would be so inclined, you could just click the share button, send it over to a few friends. I will be forever grateful. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode of Online Marketing Made Easy. I'll see you again next week, same time, same place. Bye for now.